Welcome to Beyond the Medicine podcast, a place for conversations on holistic medicine, nutrition, fitness, mental health and wellness. For the second episode, we have Bhairav Shankar as a guest talking about mindfulness and the future of technology in helping us lead a healthier life. Bhairav is the CEO and founder of Avantari Technologies, which made a product that brought together mindfulness and technology. After graduating in the Dean's List at Oxford University for Masters in Biomedical Engineering, he started his entrepreneurial journey with Avantari, focusing on epidemiological studies, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and lately hardware products, the first of which is Dhyana. Dhyana is a wearable smart ring that tracks your meditation. It calculates how well you meditate, that is, how many mindful minutes you actually spend while meditating. Bhairav believes that technology can and should be used as a tool to allow people to accomplish great things rather than be a means to an end. So please welcome Bhairav onto our podcast. Hello Bhairav. Hi Nidhi. How are you doing? Welcome to Beyond the Medicine podcast. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So please tell us a bit about yourself. Um sure. I am the founder and CEO of Avantari Technologies, um which is an R&D based um company based out of India. Mm-hmm. I've done my um bachelor's of electrical engineering from Glasgow University and engineering from Oxford University. I have then worked extensively with technologies uh, which was um, the hologram where I was part of the team that did uh brought the hologram for 2012 Modi's um election campaign back in Gujarat in those oh, days oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah and then um then i started avantari immediately afterwards where i had raised enough funds and i always wanted to do something that was in um new technology new developing technologies and something that could be based out of india as well and i came with a group of my friends and we started avantari then um so yeah and we started it with the sense where we would do a lot of r&d work in biomedical engineering and so a lot of our initial work was to do contract r&d slowly yeah. we went into multiple spectrums we started doing work in artificial intelligence augmented reality became a big uh, vertical for us and um then i think after a few years where we started to grow and started to become um, profitable we yeah. then opened up our uh, a division for hardware inside the company because it was always a dream that India produces so much of great software but it has almost zero uh, hardware yeah. right and yeah. so i wanted to do uh, something in that regard as well so we started a hardware division uh, we were initially contracting that out where we would do hardware work for other people itself 
Mm. And then uh, we started to work on our own product, which uh, last year, uh, by the grace of God, became came into Amazon. We mm. call it Dhyana. It's a small ring that tracks how well you meditate by using heart rate variability. And it's been a year of that product. It's been a year of us making becoming a you know a startup in mm. India that's pushed out a product, made, designed, built in India. So yeah, this is uh, yeah. So that's that me. Yeah, that just sounds so good. So you're completely into technology and AI. How does um, how do you yeah. relate that with something like health and well-being? Um. So I think that my background has always been in health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So as a biomedical engineer, my um, and I don't think I was ever um, ever saw technology as anything that other than that that can be used by people for uh, their benefit so i would tell you like my um, thesis was and it was a patented idea that i did back when i was still studying was mm-hmm. that you could have needles um, that would basically uh, you know as soon as they you know hype, you know the surgical needles as soon as they would come out of their packaging could turn a different color you know, yeah. uh, as soon as they touch the environment. And that was done in such a That's way so curious, that, yeah. yeah, so that, you know, like a lot of people had, at least it was a fear that they would, the needles would be reused, right? Yeah, that's true. And that's a basic complaint in most uh, villages inside India as well, that uh, you would, the needle should be new. And so my mother, in fact, when I used to go for a, um, for a haircut, she would say, "Hey, use a new blade," because they, that fear was always in them. You know yeah. that. Oh, are they reusing uh, stuff? So I was like, if there could be a way that you could visually distinguish the two, then uh, that would help people. You know, and I'm not saying that these are um, these technology cannot always has to always be used for good. I know technology has been used for mm. several other things which aren't for good as well. Like and. Uh, but I think that somewhere the my drive was always to be in that realm and it was always to be slightly towards healthcare. So even when we came up with AI and AR, it was always related to healthcare. Yeah, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, that's good. It's very interesting because even in hospitals, we usually always have a separate container to dump the used needles in. So yeah, I I always wondered like what would happen in hospitals which weren't so equipped or which weren't so mindful about that but yeah that's i think we need more people coming up with more technology right here rather than uh, having brain drain (laughs) so that's great so what was the purpose behind smartyana and is it absolutely needed for mindfulness i don't think um, i think the first concept that would come in is that I don't think anything is needed for mindfulness, personally. I don't think um, yeah. you need a device, you don't need a teacher, you don't need to go to a place or anything. And it's completely something that out of basically self-motivation, self-determination, you mm. can achieve it. But that's but that's the problem here, right? The like, problem really is, is that when we say things like you can do it at home, I mean, technically you could work out at home as well you could um you know you know you could start a company from home as well you could you don't need to really do or get anything else from the outside 
and the way i looked at um so it was always my core belief that people would benefit from something like meditation i my i mean initially i hated it but i later learned the value of it but my mother would push me into meditation when i was much younger and initially i hated going for these uh, weird yoga classes where afterwards they used to just make me sit in silence for half an hour it would just you know as a child you can't you know it's a monkey brain as they call it you can't right. keep still for too long so how did um, you get into more meditation and mindfulness so as i said initially my mother pushed me into it and then yeah. um, you realized the value <laughs> yeah and then i just uh, completely blocked it out because at any point of time if your parents tell you to do something you obviously want to do the exact opposite right that's true so i i lived uh, a very colorful life where i didn't meditate for a long period of time after and then i think things started to uh, a meditation came back into my life at a very interesting phase where i had already done my started up i was two years in things weren't really going that well at that point and mm-hmm. as any startup um, uh, you know entrepreneur would tell you is that it's immediately hits you with a great deal of insecurity what if this doesn't happen what if that doesn't happen you know like i'm am i you start to tie your worth to what you have Question. created you know and if that thing that you've created isn't being sold then you automatically start to believe that you're not worthy right and so that sense of insecurity that sense of anxiety starts to pull in and then the only avenue that i had um where i didn't want to like initially i would probably drown my sorrows in alcohol but then at certain points i would at at a certain stage i was like this is just not really working so i started to push myself into fitness and then um strangely i had a, a really amazing yoga teacher who would um is a lady called fitdaus and she mm-hmm. actually brought meditation back and made me start doing that and i and that's when i really could um feel my self coming back out i could feel myself gaining the the strength you know and so it was a so as i mean to i i mean i veered away from the question a lot but if to, no i to, think i Yeah. I completely agree because I think entrepreneurship is one career I we could say that requires the, your best self and you know your health and being mindful plays a very huge role in that so it totally connects Yeah so my yeah, my on. thing was that um I didn't think that I knew that meditation was important so that's when I was like oh, it has some value here and then mm-hmm. um when i started to go through when we started to do other studies it became very interesting to study meditation along with that and one of those studies that we were doing at that point was with heart rate variability where we were doing it for another client and um one of the one of the areas where it was also happening was in a meditation school in mysore and there mm-hmm. i got i found it very interesting how um meditation impacted your body and then i started to question myself as like what would have made me as a younger person want to come back towards me why did i push it away and the immediate reason why i pushed it away is mainly because i always 
I mean, till a very, till very recently, I always felt meditation was extremely unscientific. Because, yeah. Because it's like you have a because science. Because you never know when it's working. <laughs> yeah, that's one. But the other thing is, here's here's something. Like it almost felt pseudo-religious. Here's something that is almost ten thousand, twenty thousand years old. It's been done by so many different people to great effects, right? And all of it very mythological effects, right? So there was a prince who suddenly meditated and became a great saint. There was a, uh, I mean, you could come back to the point where in recent history there was a lawyer in south you know a gujarati lawyer in south africa who yeah. meditated and became you know uh, a monk in uh, uh, amdavad you had these stories of like extraordinary people who've been able to transform themselves with meditation a 10000 20000 year old study and practice which literally ha- didn't have a single way of getting to it and it had so many different people telling you so many different things it felt it felt very religious you know it felt almost fantastical mythological in fact and i maybe maybe too mythological to achieve it right and, and that's immediately the i was like oh, um that why would i go i, I mean it, as a young man being brought up in a much more urban india than my um, a lot of my parents might have gone through and uh, with a lot of thoughts on um, you know nietzsche uh, agnosticism and atheism being the you know the entire thing that does the world really exist these were like questions and at that point of time you had dawkins's uh, you know the uh, uh, the selfish gene had come out and i was i was very enamored by him and i was studying that and uh, reading that book and i was like um, um, i realized that there is a sense that the you know religion became a a bad left a bad taste in my mouth right <laughs> yeah. and so i i threw out everything that was religious in from my life and one of those things that i immediately shunned also was meditation because it was that it felt un- unscientific and when yeah. i started to see the science behind it i realized that that's where my my personal uh push towards meditation became so much stronger because i was like here's something that i can look at and say hey it works it was not that i was not uh being i mean it was like i understood what they said that many paths lead to one that finally made sense because different people meditated differently there were people in um you know in the uh, art of living center who did sudarshan kriya who did just basic breathing exercises right and yeah. then there are people who are you know in uh, tibetan monks who are placed and strangely they're placed all across india there's a tibetan monastery including in hyderabad and um, there they have a completely different type of meditation which is you know where they sit in silence they keep their eyes open and um, they are completely going deeper into that state of blissful zen right and there's no other way to explain it and all you could see was that both of them their entire thing was to bring their vagal tone or the lf divided by hf ratio and heart rate variability down 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 at the more the person meditated the lower their heart rate variability uh, metrics were and it was so interesting i was like here's something that you had to um uh here's something you could actually quantify here's a way you could say that one person 
meditates better than the other and how interesting is that it's like saying finally you're coming with a thing saying this guy has done more push-ups than the other it was similar to that and so it became a challenge for me and a challenge to make myself better you know it felt yeah. it felt you know like at odds with one another but at the at the very end it i understood that motivation is the key to do anything and i would not think of an activity that is harder to do and more yeah if, yeah and more unrewarding than meditation if it's quantifiable everybody would want to do it i think once it's scientifically based it's easier because the path is all reset i think that makes sense in fact and it was that just yeah in fact it was like when i um, so we had now we have uh, pulela gopichand who's india's um best badminton player right yeah. and uh, a coach right his saina nehwal pv sindhu kashyap all yeah, his students right so he when i went and met him um i think that was the point where we both agreed on a lot is that if you ask someone to meditate nobody's really going to do it as a teacher i mean if you ever meet him he's he's such a meditator he uh, you know we talk about from herman hesse siddhartha to you know jiddu krishnamurti it just goes you know you know all over the place and he's like uh, and when he talks he's like i will i wish more and more students to do it because it's all about that mental strength what differentiates a winner from a loser is not your physical prowess but it is your mental toughness it's your mind right if you are down a set how is it that nadal or federer even though they're down a set they completely overpower their opponent it's very then it's like almost if they beat them by one set they don't know what they've done they don't know that oh shit i have beaten nadal by a set what do i do now next three sets they're just out you know that those nerves it's not like they're not better prepared they're probably younger these guys have been pushing 35 40 almost and they're still one it's all right? in the mind yeah i totally yeah. agree i mean how else would you explain it when you have people who are who have well peaked past their uh, physical prime still winning right and yeah. all the young ones still not able to catch up with those guys what you and this is the phrase we use a lot in english right we use phrase like aura we use phrases like um, you know his stature these don't really mean anything they're just they're a feeling i could feel nidhi's aura i could feel nidhi's stature you know when you like when you come out in that way then you're like people don't see you as uh, a person anymore they feel you as a presence and what is that presence that you feel other than the like them their mind really exuding confidence saying whatever you throw at me i'm still going to beat you you know and yeah. that's that's where we connected we're like you know if this is what i want my athletes to achieve then i need to give them a metric to go and compete against with themselves i want them to be able to say hey i got x score tomorrow i'm going to get uh, x plus 1 or x plus 2 or x squared you know yeah. so that became a challenge uh, and i think that's where we really connected with him and i think that's the point right like if you quantify something you have a reason to go back to it you have a reason to push yourself further and that's and once we were able to discover this that meditation had that it not only made it 
interesting for me to meditate but it and i have now multiple stories of people thanking us for saying that hey you finally helped us meditate and that's what really makes me feel good more than the product more than anything else it just makes me feel good that cert even if i could help 5 10 15 people it still makes such a big difference to me because i've i've done something that not many people are able to do that is make others meditate you know that my just, mother tried yeah. and she failed so yeah you're becoming a mother to many people that just sounds so amazing i'm becoming i'm becoming <laughs> a bet, better than a mother to many that's people true. i would say yeah you're showing them no, i'm just kidding that's very <laughs> just, true yeah, that's just, very true <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah. yeah that that's amazing so what according to you is the exact role of being mindful i mean i think we already spoke about it you can overcome your limitations but other than that what other areas can it help in like health just life in general i think that when you come towards um I think when people come towards something like meditation the first time right they come with expectations that it'll help me do this it'll help me do that I I remember reading a study recently where um it was actually sent to me by uh, by one of our users who had a problem with an ad that we were running it said yeah. that and our ad said that meditation helps you focus better Yeah. And he said that how is that possible when the a recent study says that people who have meditated are more likely to quit their work. Right? And and okay. do yeah and how can you say that they're more focused because it seems like they're less focused. Right? Maybe and they got me... more focused and realized what they want in life. <laughs> exactly. I think that I think then lies a real um you know the diamond is in the rough here because if you go through the data that was actually come out in this uh, very interesting study uh it says that people who uh have started meditating are usually in um much lower income uh semi skilled uh jobs now think of it like this like you go you come towards meditation and uh, a person who's let's say um a person is working at a bpo or you know is a small time software engineer he starts to meditate thinking i want to get better at what i do hmm. right i want to get better at something uh the immediate thing is that what you get out of it is not what you expected you would probably not get what you want out of meditation but you will probably get what you need out of it which is clarity you know and i think that clarity helps with work greatly i think people i think people who have started meditating this is the reason why people who have started meditating have done exceedingly well in life is because they're able to find that clarity of what is there and what isn't what can i achieve and what i can't and a lot of people mistake the two as to what am i this isn't what i wanted and hence i don't i it's it's not good for me is not the right call here because seldom do we know what we really want that's what true. we really need in fact is clarity of thought and i see this um with most people and i think that clarity helps with a multiple number of things it helps with you know things like Uh, it it fends off things like depression it keeps you healthy it keeps 
people have been even saying that meditation helps so ward you away from things like dementia and alzheimers very interesting studies in fact and uh, i thought that was very good because i'm currently in the uk and one of the things that i know here is that most the biggest killer of people here isn't heart disease it's dementia you know and it is uh, one of the yeah one of the worst things that could happen because i used to work at the nafield center where there was dementia all around and it is it is depressingly sad how people just suddenly get where they are they just suddenly get up and wander away you wouldn't even able to catch them you know so it is and actually not having clarity is the biggest reason for stress and anxiety and all the mental health problems and i think mental health will be the next big chronic disease after all the lifestyle diseases in today's world so Mm. I know I right. I agree with you on that. I also think that there was this other part right which we were discussing on the phone earlier and that was that if people who have that clarity also start to figure out that they they can control themselves. I don't see people who meditate overeat for example. I don't see people who meditate uh, not take care of their bodies. They I've seen I've seen people who have been deep in addiction right like d- deep in addiction because, come out of it because yeah because most of overeating and not taking care of one's health is emotional eating and uh, being sad about something else and using food as a substitute to drown oneself in comfort in a weird way i mean it's like a it's just like alcohol and any other form of addiction to be very honest and not caring about one's health is actually the same thing so yeah i couldn't agree more every, everything is related so yeah <laughs> so what changes or trends did you observe during the pandemic regarding people and their behaviors concerning health and mindfulness since you are into meditation um i saw that so i could tell you in terms of business that since i am working in a meditation related product yeah. things have been going up yeah i think it's been going well i can tell you in terms of what you can probably perceive from what's around you is that while i can say that people are more coming towards meditation more i don't think that i am serving my intended purpose yet because i see so much of pain and panic on the streets if you go um so i stay at a place called kalnagar in hyderabad which is a pretty you know like oh so do a, i a pretty yeah okay great uh, so it's a pretty like as you know it's a it's a little um you know i would say an upper class suburban like area and yeah um you when you walk out you would probably expect to see a lot of traffic a lot of people right and during the pandemic i didn't see anybody so i would say i i initially i hoped that people had the you know they had the the smartness to because they stayed at home they they were you know caring about them them themselves their families and so on and uh, a couple of weeks ago i was actually in uh, i had stepped out and i was 
uh, and there's this small place that makes uh, it, you know, these uh, dosas and idlis around in uh, in a corner. Yeah. And usually it's empty. And then I saw it was packed full of people. So immediately I thought, oh, great, business is back. Things are moving again. You know. And then <laughs> yeah. I would see that nobody is actually moving from there. You know, when I visited such places, um, whether to eat or whether to, you know. you know meet somebody or any of these things right like i would always see people um eat and then just get on with their work have a quick meal and then just start moving but i could see that there was a yeah. sense of dishart you know there was a sense of disheartening amongst people that there's yeah. they have kind of felt more lost than they ever were because to us mm. who are far more privileged we can always think of the thing that hey i got my time so i could reflect i had things around me they were given to me you know food shelter everything i was given and I'm, i had the money to weather the storm i'm happy but a lot of people didn't they had they had the anxiety as i had as an entrepreneur uh, which i was prepared for i i took it on you know like i i invited it into myself i said i said let it come inside right because it's a career it's a choice that i've made people had been thrust yeah. with that uncertainty with that um sense of like what's going to happen next without their knowledge without any consent it was forced upon them and they had no way of predicting that it Dealing will hit it. them so hard they thought maybe a month maybe 15 days maybe 45 days it hit them hard right and all these people are and if you come and if you meet them they are such lovely people they talk they you know they have the most interesting stories to tell uh, but they're all lost and the entire world after the pandemic has changed it hasn't changed for us because we are in the upper echelons of what you know the social strata but it has changed mm. the majority of people because they are they are always in the lowest the majority is always in the lowest strata and they have um, they their skill because most of their jobs have now been moved over to computers they you know places like uh, cleaners at um, you know uh, offices now don't have jobs yeah <coughs> you had uh, watchmen don't have jobs you have all these people that a single company would uh, single companies people would they would all employ more and more people now all of them suddenly have been let go and that is so strange for them and they don't have the motive they leave their work thinking i'm going to go and do something and then they get so dejected that they just sit there waiting for something to happen waiting for a sign of god they don't know what to do and that's the collective failure of all of us i feel sometimes and and me particularly because if i'm working in a product that says hey i will help you get out of depression you know anxiety and so mm. on there is the world's biggest anxiety problem right outside our doors right now right and right now yeah exactly and, and it's not even easy for them to change careers just like that it, it's their skill they might be skilled in one particular thing and yeah yeah so if you ask me what happened post the pandemic i think the post i think the pandemic gave us two diseases 
you have a bigger yeah. job post pandemic yeah i mean i probably do but you know the thing is the pandemic gave us two diseases it gave us covid-19 and it exposed something that has been lurking and it has finally come to the limelight and that is mental illness we do not we have the you know we've always known how to fight mental illness but how many of us would actually have started to utilize this how many of us have started to sit down and meditate none of us like it's it's barely scratched the surface most of us still feel you know i'll get through it i'm like the you know i'm like the oak tree let them hit me as hard as they can but even a oak tree if you keep on if it if it's inside a storm for a year it'll it'll one day get uprooted you know better to be like uh, the yeah. willow tree just move around just you know like be more flexible but most of them can't do that it's not in their capability to do so and i think uh, i think that's the shame and even the ones yeah even the ones who uh, maybe started meditating during the pandemic aren't the ones that actually required probably they're only the ones who maybe already been taking care of their health or at least know the importance of it but i think the majority of the people that you were talking about don't even know the benefits of meditation or how it can help them them in their lives absolutely i honestly so, don't think that they do and i also don't think that you know if i talk to them about a product that i've made it's simply out of their reach to get you yeah? which is the reason true. why we made that free application inside our thing where we gave all the content and you know we said track yourself for yeah. free and so on we get a lot of users there and a lot of people like our app and so on but it's still it's still such a small thing right like because the problem is so massive we have what is it 130 crore or 1.3 billion people in this country that's such, one step yeah it's such a and how many people are actually doing this inside india i'd say barely a handful right most of us are more yeah, concerned about yeah, most of us are more concerned about what's going to um, what's going to happen tomorrow i see a good thing is that i see there's a lot more conversation about it and that's a positive i think that conversation about therapy about meditation about uh good heat eating and so on and about how strong minds create us better immunity etc we had a conversation about immunity earlier and yeah. all these conversations are extremely good and they're positive right but yeah i think yeah is it reaching the it just common shows man that i don't know that's not yet at least i think it i'd say it's at least a step towards um a better um a more mindful world because or at least a healthier world because at these conversations weren't happening before it's more now and it's i think i think after so much suffering during the pandemic everybody would want to make changes they don't want to live the same lives anymore so i think it's like a eye opener i agree that's what i believe yeah i think you're right i don't yeah. i don't um, disagree with you i only feel like Yeah. are we are bs people doing enough i don't know i just it's hard to say you know it's very it's a it's a strange situation you can and i see a lot of people like i met a few friends of mine here in the uk and you know there's a there's a vaccine out here right so you have 
yeah i know uh, you have people um you know I, i asked a friend of mine i was like hey would you take the vaccine and she's like obviously i'll take the vaccine i'm like uh, but it's not been like tested in the long term do you still like yeah i mean if it was given to me i would probably not take it right now I'd just wait for a year see what symptoms others mm. have and then take right? like i'm not i'm not dying to get a vaccine inside me and so and yeah. she's like yeah but you know people around me have suffered so much right because if you look at it in india we had about 100 cases per million here in the uk they have a thousand cases per million so it's a massive difference uh it's 10 times the difference and it becomes a, yeah you walk us everyone you know probably one of the people that you know probably had disease and in india i could go i could live without knowing anyone who had the disease right so technically true so if if that is the case if that's the thought process right so you had so much fear here that you immediately rush and do something that that's untested or not done long term testing it's in on an emergency use and most of these vaccines are being authorized in emergency uses and mm-hmm. as soon as this happens suddenly the next day in the uk you get uh, you get get in the news that they found a new strain of covid-19 right yeah and and they're all expecting that oh our vaccines will work with this strain as well but now it's gone but back to the testing yeah. yeah but and now that's the thing right like your your constant worry is making people take rash decisions to get rid of something rather than look at strengthening yourself internally to be able to combat it right that's right and we had this conversation earlier as well which yeah. is about which is about the immunity how, system yeah right? how immune system affects people who are kind of immune compromised with covid so people yeah so so you see a lot of these people who start taking things like turmeric drinks ginger they're like oh that's an immunity booster i'm going to get immunity from covid that's not how it works right i mean that's not scientifically how immunity is created yeah but you know what does work is that if you do have a good diet if you do have the right mental you know health and the mental toughness right if your body is capable of producing antibodies much better much much better um and be able to fend off any illness that's the that's what we had spoken about the placebo and the nocebo effect where yep. just by the power of your mind your, your body is able to create the antibodies even without um you know a vaccine or any pill given to you your body has the capacity to do that it has a capacity to even fend off things that are unfend you know we didn't expect them to be able to fend off like cancer and so on just yeah. by a placebo fight so, against it yeah. yeah so your mind has the cap- capability to do make your body do a lot of things just if you believe in it that's exactly what the placebo effect teaches us so if you think that hey i'm going to take drink today i'm going to drink ginger water and tomorrow i'm going to drink turmeric water and to- day after tomorrow if covid-19 comes i'll be fine that's not what's going to help it you it doesn't work in the short term i mean yeah. if you have like a complete change in your diet fitness including mental health and mental clarity right from the beginning it's it's hard for you to you know be ill with diseases easily so but 
one glass of turmeric water would hardly do anything if the damage is already done yeah and that's what they're selling right every everywhere you look they're like immunity booster shot you know what the fuck is that it's sorry i don't know if i can curse on your podcast but seriously <laughs> what the hell is that right because you're like uh, you're asking someone to say that hey take this uh, drink this uh, syrup have this pill it's made from ayurvedic stuff and hence you'll be okay no man that's not how it works and the sad thing is nobody's coming around to tell them hey that's not how things work everyone's like buying into this entire fad they're like yeah take immunity shots have yeah. uh, have chaman prash in the morning sure i'm not saying don't have chaman prash in the morning but don't have chaman prash in the morning and then drink 10 liters of beer and say i should be fine because i had chaman prash in the morning you know what i mean that's the problem it's like selling uh, stuff saying their quick fixes when to undo all the damage i mean it has to be uh, given to people in a different way like you got to do this and change your entire life as well and that's like, what allopathy uh, has kind of ruined us right because we're so used to one pill to fix us i have a headache yeah. take a crocin i have this take uh, take an antibiotic i have another thing you know uh, take an injection have a vaccine right i'm i don't want to get this illness take a vaccine so these are the kind of things that they've so we are now so used to such a quick fix solution that we do no longer care about the long term solution and here for once people had the opportunity to say listen screw the quick fix is too far away for it to come let's focus on the long term solutions let's make you you know tough enough to brave and weather the storm but then nobody spoke about it what else did we do we constantly get feeding people false hope telling them everything is going to be okay the quick fixes yeah. around the corner just keep having your hope just keep having hope but hope doesn't fix anything right it's work yeah. you have to tell people listen things are not that great around the corner the thing that we can do right we have a solution for you the thing that you can do is just work on making yourself better like think of it like this right in the telangana government we the say that you and i stay in uh, yeah the interesting thing that happened was that you had uh, the lockdown it was lifted what and one day the lockdown was going you couldn't go to work you couldn't i was desperate to open my office again i was not able to open my office june i get a notification saying uh, the chief minister has allowed liquor shops to open but not offices yeah but not offices yeah but then you're like because the governments are more concerned about hey i need to make i need to make money as well and liquor is what sells so let me sell liquor and make my money back but that's is is that how you would the want that to be government. like you're kind of like dooming more people to this entire thing because alcohol doesn't help in fact the unknown fact it- that thing that it people it depresses their immune system exactly and the thing that people don't talk about is that the most of them who have died are not senile or old people they're people who have who are in really bad health the ones who are poorer in health are more at risk of this virus than those who are healthier now you and nobody's talking about that instead what are they talking about chaman prash in the morning right having haldi water two times a day whatever right Yeah. It's it's a weird uh... It's very true. I think this is the reason why throughout med school I I didn't think I would be 
okay with myself like satisfied with myself if i gave the medicines which i know were just quick fixes and in most instances not even that they just give side effects and never actually treat the disease so lifestyle medicine is like a long term preventive care which uses lifestyle which includes being mindful to like treat chronic diseases and i'm hoping to see it in mainstream healthcare and that's why we'll need like we talked about being mindful the placebo effect the mind can play a huge role in tackling diseases so how do you think this can be brought into mainstream healthcare so the first thing ideas? is yeah. the first thing is that i don't think healthcare is correctly named right now you know because yeah. right now it's it's not healthcare it's disease management right what is what are beta blockers right what is what uh, what is statin right? they just they your they once you have system. yeah once you have uh, hypertension it's you're just stuck there you have no way of moving out right because you have to keep taking taking with this with the medicine yeah, with you life have to, you can't manage you, it exactly yeah. you are taking so the word healthcare is wrongly being applied to disease management experts who are you know cardiologists who say hey take this pill for the rest of your life yeah right because what are they doing they're not curing you of hypertension let's be very clear no doctor who prescribes statin and uh, beta blockers and blood thinners to say do you know to manage your thing is trying to cure you of hypertension what are they doing instead they're saying you have a disease here's a pill you'll have to stick with it for the rest of your life otherwise you'll die right very true so we are no the actual truth is if you go go back to what hippocrates says he says that you cannot cure someone you know just by um, you know like just by sitting uh, giving them a pill he also talks about things like bedside manner you have to sit there make them feel good why does he talk so much about uh making sure that the other person feels good e- including that hippocratic oath is all about making yeah. you think that i can trust this man with my life trust is again a intangible quality of a person right i can trust you right because you're a doctor something that we've been built to do because when you prescribe something even if it is fake as a placebo and if i mm. ingest it i can come out of that illness trust is intangible right and so when you're talking about the talking about doing things that are intangible things like meditation things like um exercise you're not talking about these tangible entities like pills that you can just pop in it's about making the effort to be able to become a better person and to become better at whatever you do but the problem is that at first wanting to be better than that yeah and it starts in the mind so and the problem really is is that people generally take the quick route out right they want that and doctors are kind of um, i'm sorry to say this i know you're a doctor but uh, yeah but doctors but are kind of the, i can hear it yeah, yeah they're they're not really solving the problem they kind of are the problem they're in not, many ways that's the reason for what why i'm doing what i'm doing i completely agree they're not addressing the root cause yeah i agree with you so yeah so what are your future plans for dhyana and are you planning to 
continue working with technology and well-being together because yeah this is what is <laughs> a huge problem right now so i mean dhyana has a long i i don't see dhyana stopping anytime i see it as something that will grow into its own new niche inside the market i see it as yeah. i see dhyana's future as being the fitbit for meditation right i want that like i think that that day is coming it's on it's the dawn is coming and i see that people's interest in mental health is coming up it's been coming up for a couple of years 3 4 years now and it's coming to fruition right now and i think that a product like ours has a bright future in this new um ecosystem and uh, marketplace that is slowly growing that's to do with dhyana avantari which is the parent company which i run i think yeah. does is already doing another interesting product which is um a product called ein and uh, it's named after not einstein but einthoven um okay. the guy who the triangle with which you have an ecg and so on so one of the interesting things that we did with this watch is that the compressed and echocardiogram into a watch so that when you place it on your chest it actually does a echo ecg yeah, yeah so that you oh, can actually, yeah, yeah so you can actually then um measure things like how's the ejection fraction things like um, you know like uh, how the valves yeah. functioning um so you're not limited to electrical signatures but also the mechanical functioning of the heart which i think is equally important and so like a mobile ultrasound yeah and something that you could <laughs> wear you, you could give it to people with um, di- uh, you know disease. with heart disease or at risk like even if you take cancer for example most people who are on chemo usually die from heart failure right yeah. and that's because not because the radiation killed them but it's because their body was unable to accept um the okay, the things that are supposed to flush out the radiation from your body right hmm. so the effect that it has on your liver the effect that it has on your heart is unbearable for most people so they die from not from cancer but from heart failure and um i always felt like in india it is the biggest killer right now diabetes um again leads yeah, to heart failure all over the world yeah and um so this like i think with avantari my always my aim was was to be able to um work towards preventive health rather than towards therapeutic uh, sorry towards uh, curative i don't believe yeah. in other things coming into your life to cure you i believe that things should come into your life to enable you to cure yourself and i think that's where i would see my company at least the hardware division at least the biomedical engineering division moving in that sphere where it's more about enabling people to become more um, capable of you know helping themselves than going and helping people you know by curing them of diseases it's not something that i would i don't see that as the future of my company yeah yeah so technology enabling or forcing people to go into preventive health that's amazing yeah yeah um yeah i think this is what technology will play a role in 
getting us post pandemic into a healthier world i guess i think even um like even in the uk or the us like indoor cycling and um uh, cycle cy- cycling bikes with ai connected gaming gameable outdoor videos from across the world for cyclists it, it's like technology becoming a part of everything that we do and i think it's just amazing so yeah it's I, good i agree i think that that's how you make a more holistic world right if the concept yeah. of hol- holistic living doesn't really end with one path it ends with opening more paths you know and it's about discovering more and more about who you are and figuring out what your body and your mind are capable of because we obviously are capable of a lot of things right and we've been we are witness to that the entire fact that we're doing this on small pieces of metal and glass uh, yeah. from 4000 you know miles across the world uh, in real time is just testament to the fact that we as humans are capable of great things but um, are we all capable yeah. of it i don't know i think we all are we all have it inside us to be able to do it but i think most of us block technology that technology can help us realize that too yeah it can if we have it or not yeah i agree with you on that and this is such a refreshing take towards the effects of technology because most of the time we just focus on how disconnected or how lazy it might make us but it can actually be used to enhance your capabilities so much more you just have to do it the right way and make the choice in what way you're going to go with technology so yeah i yeah. that's exactly. like a person how can sit around 10 11 hours on netflix or choose to do something even better with technology for their health so that it all comes down to choices so i think that's really interesting not to say that i don't think i would not tell people not to do watch netflix for 11 to 10 hours if that's what they want to do they i would let them do it i would just say that sure. they should know that they're doing it you know and i think a lot yeah. of people do it unconsciously and i think that's where mindfulness comes in to be able to know that you're doing something is half the battle won you know that i you know they have a phrase in alcoholics anonymous and that is uh, acceptance is the first step right and that's exactly yeah. it if you can just be aware that hey i spent 5 hours watching uh, friends something that i've seen you know 10 times the same episode 10 times and you'll be like yeah maybe if you can notice that then you have at least taken the mental first step and have mental clarity yeah i think that's good yeah because then you'll be like okay let me try to do something about it because if you yeah because you're still in control of exactly yourself. yeah all right i think it's been amazing thank you so much for coming on to our episode it's the second episode of the beyond the medicine podcast and it's been amazing i think we've had a really wonderful conversation about technology and holistic world so thank you so much no problem thank you so much for having me all right then take care take care bye